the impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall of those knuckleheads of liberty podcasters daring to voice opinions outside the mainstream of accepted thought. Listen, if you dare, it's angry, it's funny, it's even sometimes sad, but it's always based on freedom and justice, as you will see. Here's our host, Jason McPhee. It is April 3rd, 2023, and welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty, where we bring you the people and the organizations fighting for liberty. But today we have a show where we're just going to focus on some of the top stories out there so we can give you a little of our perspective that's going on on that. But before I do that, let me introduce you to our panel. In our upper left-hand corner, we have Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. In our upper right-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. My name is Jason McPhee, and I'll be your host. <clears throat> so you biggest news, I mean, take your pick this last week. There was, uh, you know, it, Topics like, you know, are they going to ban TikTok? The president got indicted, a big shooting in Nashville. Well, we're going to try and cover all those today. So uh, let's start off with uh, President Trump getting indicted, which is kind of a historic uh, sort of event. Um, and uh, some of the stuff we wanted to talk about with this is it, it just screams selective prosecution is what it uh, sort of jumps out at you right away and uh the the, the first uh, uh you know article i was going to pull up on that is uh dershowitz uh, was talking with uh tucker the other day about it on his show and you know of course dershowitz was trying to make the comparison well you know what if clinton had paid off paula jones but another comparison people have been made off well you know uh hillary clinton paid for the uh the the steel dossier and that whole russia 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 you know uh thing against uh trump so i mean this is you know kind of like it doesn't seem like there's any interest at all in you know being even-handed with this and of course this this case that is being brought up it happens to be a a, a case with campaign finance that is a uh charge that is already been passed over by the feds for looking at the violation and then it has uh the the <clears throat> The time limit on the case has already expired at the local jurisdiction as well, I believe, but they've they found some creative way to bring it back in this sort of a, a TDS fear to you just go after Trump for anything. Um, but one of the things that is kind of funny in all this as well is that uh, in, in their just religious zeal to go after Trump, they don't seem to have even vetted their case very well is as rickety as it sounds and there's this guy named uh robert costello who is the attorney for trump's attorney so this is how crazy the case gets so one of trump's old he attorneys used, he used to be he's not anymore he used to be yes exactly one of his old attorneys uh has been uh, he's already uh, been convicted of of uh a crime himself already and has been uh you know sitting in jail i believe but uh, he had an attorney named Robert Costello. And so this guy was advising him. And this Robert Costello actually was, uh, he, he was given a waiver by Cohen 
that he could break client uh, lawyer confidentiality. And this one clip is so good. We want to share this short clip with you from Tucker because I, I mean, to me, it seems like the case is over before it began. But let, let me let, let's play the clip on this one. This is just unreal how crazy this is. In jury today, I was deputy chief of the criminal division of the U.S. attorneys for the Southern District. I said I wouldn't touch a witness like Michael Cohn for any amount of money. You simply yeah. cannot rely upon this guy. And tonight he was on another station denying that he waived the attorney client privilege. Here it is in writing. Yeah. And that's his signature on the second page. So that's unbelievable. I guess he didn't know that. And the district attorney didn't know that. And I told them, Michael Cohn has been in your office 20 times and twice in the grand jury. And he forgot to tell you that he waived the attorney client privilege 22 times. I mean, really, is this the kind of witness you want to ride to the finish line? And I, I mean, that's literally a guy impeaching their their top witness, their star witness. And it sounds like they did so little digging in this that, that the whole digging has been for Trump's grave, not to actually do the work on the case. Apparently. <laughs> so what do you guys think about this? I mean, this just sounds nuts. Tim, Tim, go ahead. Tim, go. Uh, well, um, let's let's see what happens in court. Yeah, there you go. See you in court. That's the part I like. Um, and uh, you know, we'll see what what stands up uh, to the scrutiny therein, and what doesn't. And so, um, yeah, I don't know how, how good their case is, but uh, yeah, it is. It is just that they just hate him so much they'll do anything, including. Forget about all the ways in which their favorite heroes of the Democratic Party are uh, equally vulnerable and vulnerable. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I don't know how the statute of limitations uh, is, but, you know, once again, there's just all this hypocrisy. Hey, what's what's good for us? Not necessarily good for you, but it doesn't matter. So what's what's up, Leon? Well, you know. I'm really wondering about the motivations behind this case, quite frankly, because Jason, you said the feds that passed on this case, not only the feds passed on this case, that very office, Alvin Bragg's office, before he was the district attorney in, in Manhattan, they, that office passed on this case also. So it's quite, it's quite interesting. And also the FTC also looked at this case and, and said there was nothing, uh, um, the campaign, Trump campaign, did nothing wrong. So the whole, the whole, the whole issue is I'm wondering what are the motivations behind this case, and it smells like politics all the way through. Now I think the Democrats believe that Trump is the easiest candidate to beat. I don't know why they believe that, but they believe that. I think. So I am wondering if they are not trying to boost Trump because Trump is getting a lot of mileage out of this, quite frankly. And I'm sure, you know, he's going to make a big show of him going to New York tomorrow and getting arraigned. I think he's, he's going to New York today and he's going to be arraigned tomorrow. He's going to make a big show about it. And I think he's going to get a really good political boost out of this whole, this whole affair. So I think that... I am wondering if the Democrats really are truly bringing, because Alvin Bragg said prior to him even taking office that this was one of the things he was going to do, was he was going to go after Donald Trump. Those are not his words, but he did say something along those lines. So I'm wondering if they're trying to boost Trump so that he will become the Republican 
um, candidate for, um, for, for the presidency in 2024. And then they believe that he will be the easier, he'll be the easier of the candidates to beat. Now, I don't know if he, if he's running against Joe Biden. I don't know how that will be plausible in any in any in any real world with this half dead president we have right now. But this is what the Democrats believe that he is the easiest of the candidates to beat, I believe. So it's just very interesting. But this thing stinks to high heavens, okay? Because there is the, the, the legal theory that they are using to bring this case before the grand jury. <laughs> hopefully into trial for them is so novel that every every scholar every legal scholar with half a brain will tell you how weak this case is it is horribly weak and jason just brought up um um cohen um what is first i don't remember i can't remember what is steve is steve cohen what's his first name uh, yeah, michael, or, cohen. michael cohen michael, michael cohen is a convicted liar Okay, it's not to say that I am accusing him of lying. The federal government have accused this man of lying and sent him to prison for this. And now we have this this guy, this Robert Castello, even showing that he did waive his his um his attorney-client privileges. How in God's name could Alvin Bragg be using this man as his star witness is beyond me, quite frankly. So I have to believe this is some political game these people are playing for for the 2024 the 2024 um presidential campaign. That's what I think is going on. Uh, well, it, it, yeah. Well, well it, it's interesting uh, uh that you mentioned the fact that you think it's strategy, Leon. I I mean from what I've seen the incompetence there in New York is so high that I, I don't think it's strategy. I mean, that when they have a much better case, if they just wait in uh, for the case to open up in Georgia that they have against Trump there. So, what, what you know, it, I, I think this guy is just grandstanding for his own purposes, this Alvin Bragg. And remember, this is that terrible prosecutor. We mm -hmm. talked about him on the show before who prosecuted uh, uh, Jose Alba. Alba, yes. Just, yeah, a bodega worker who was, you know, just minding his own business, doing his job, and he was attacked by, uh, you know, some thug uh, whose girlfriend's EBD card wouldn't work mm. for. And, mm. you know, and he defended himself. And, yeah, and he wound up killing the guy and defending himself. But, I mean, the guy came behind the counter and was beating him. And he, he picked up the sharp thing that he could grab, which was a box cutter or something. And he wound up killing him. But, uh, you know, the, the, uh, Jose Alba, the whole thing was on video. And, you know, uh, this uh, brag, he had that. And yet he threw Jose Alba in Rikers Island. He didn't charge the uh, girlfriend who also was stabbing Jose Alba at the time, you know, uh, and, and, you know, so it appears that Jose Alba's, uh, you know, his only sin was skin and the metric was melanin and he didn't have any. So, you know, so that he just had no, no, uh, you know, you know, nothing to work with there in New York. But I mean, that's what you're facing in New York here. And there's all kinds of other crimes too, that have just been let go by this Alvin brag but he's going after this kind of crime that has really almost nothing to do with his jurisdiction but he, he clearly just wants to make some kind of name for himself so it's just incompetence across the board is what it seems to me and there's an even more recent case now oh well Bragg has has a reputation for taking all kind of felonies and making them into misdemeanors i don't know where he get the authority to do that because he's just there supposedly to enforce the law not to make the law 
But he has a reputation for being soft on crime. So he's taking felonies and making them into misdemeanors. In this particular case, he's taking what was essentially a misdemeanor and making it into a felony. Okay? That's what he's doing. And somehow or the other, he's grabbing grabbing um, jurisdiction over this thing, which apparently it was more of a federal offense that is is being um is being alleged, but somehow or the other it's it's coming into into state jurisdiction. I don't know how it's all working. That's why this whole novel theory is is so ridiculous. But you know, there's even a more recent case involving this Alvin Bragg. There was a guy who shot another guy. The guy shot him first, and then the guy got the gun and shot the guy and killed the guy. And Bragg charged him with murder, but he just today it came across the wire that he has since reversed course. And he's gonna, he's not gonna press charges against the guy who, who, who defended himself. But this is Bragg. Um, this guy is so bizarre; it's unbelievable. And this is his bizarre actions that makes that when you think about his previous conduct and look at what is happening right now with Trump, you know there's something else. Maybe it's he's trying to boost himself. Maybe you know he's the guy who, who indicted former president. Maybe that's what it is. But I know this something. This is something seriously political that this guy is after, and I think it's a, it's a presidential election. But you know, um, you might be right, Jason. It might be he just trying to boost himself, his political fortunes, because he's he's an elected. He's he's, he's he holds the elected office, and maybe looking for something higher one day. Who knows? I don't know, but it's possible. But um, this this is bizarre. Quite frankly, this is completely bizarre. So, so let me get, make sure I get your theory straight, Leon. So you're saying that the Democrats are uh, mounting a, fl- uh, on, a from the beginning a flimsy case just for the uh, to to give Trump enough enough boost in the Republican Party to get him to become the nominee, and then they'll handle so they don't mind losing the case. Um, they they want to lose the case, you know, because yes. otherwise he wouldn't be able to be president, correct, or even even be a candidate if they want, correct? Right. They, they yes, yes, they want they okay. they, they, they want to lose. They want to they lose. want to lose, but they yeah. just want they want Trump to be boosted by it. That's what right. they want. Yeah. So that then he's the candidate, and they don't have to go up against a DeSantis or, or somebody else. And they there you go. They then think that. Uh, that will, will in, help enable them to win the next election and Biden or whoever is going to be shoe, a shoe-in. That's what they're, they're looking at. Is that, That's is that what correct? I'm thinking. I can't, okay. I can't see any other explanation for this because th- this is crazy. The case, the case is so damn weak. And Jason, you pointed out some of the flaws in this thing with this Michael, Michael Cohen and stuff like that. The right. case is so damn weak. It's, and so it's in, this, in this corner... In this corner, we have Jason that uh, thinks it's just pure incompetence, and then the other corner we have Leon that it's that it's he's thinking it's a brilliant plan that uh, that is uh, from if the you, beginning a, a desire to lose. Yeah, if you if you could call if you could call the Democrats ever doing anything brilliant, yes, yeah, it's a brilliant yeah. plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> It's, and I'm it's, stuck it's, in the middle. I, I, have, I, I just want to wait and see. That's all. I, well, I, I do think that the Democrats have shown themselves to be like the coyote chasing tro- Trump the roadrunner yes. this whole time. Because, I mean, we've just seen endless cigars blowing yeah. up in their faces yeah. and, you know, and then, uh, them and finding then, themselves over midair with their feet 
you know, running while they do. Right. <laughs> and, and here's here's Trump the whole time going. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> well, speaking of blah, 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 <laughs> now's a good time to talk about our TikTok story. <laughs> oh, <thank you> <laughs> so. It's funny, you know, we, we just came out of this, and maybe we could get the visual up on this, James. Uh, we just came out of uh, this whole thing with uh, Twitter files and the idea that the government was censoring stuff, our government was censoring stuff. And lo and behold, um, our our representatives in their ultimate wisdom have decided that TikTok is a danger to the country and, and it very well could have some threats, but their, their solution is, Hey, don't worry. We're the government and we know how to censor things. So we're going to censor this for you. <laughs> and I, you know, it, it's funny because it was like a bipartisan effort there to, to get rid of TikTok yeah. and then Rand Paul sort of, you know, good old Rand Paul threw the, the, the wrench in the, you know, in the gears and, and stop this ridiculous beast of a machine from going forward with another, uh, you know, law. I don't know if he's he's permanently stopped it, but at least he stopped the fast track on it. So they're going to have to do a lot more work trying to get this thing through. But, yeah. you know, it's like, wow, no matter what it is, hey, we're the government. We got a solution for you. We're here to help. And, oh, my gosh, this, this sounds like this would have literally given them the power, would have given the Biden administration power to say any, any foreign-owned um uh social media platform they would have essentially been able to ban or censor and you know it's just like wow what did, we, did you know it's like deja vu didn't we just see this with tiktok what do you guys think about this oh, oh my Twitter god well really. yeah so uh so what we're becoming more like china as far as uh, social media goes if it's from somewhere else then uh we're gonna we can ban it we can control it uh, in every way is that is that it's, what the united funny, states Tim, is that the uh, you, example like, tim, you, tim you just said it we're becoming more like china and i just heard a quote from somebody the other day they said we're becoming china with drag queens but <laughs> go, go ahead <laughs> Yeah, that's Sorry, I couldn't let it. that go. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I would have heard that, I would have said it would have just come right off the top with, are we like China with drag queens? Is that, is that what we're, the United States is? Yeah, I mean, what kind of example is that to the to the freedom-loving people around the world, around the globe, you know, for the beacon of freedom, the United States, to, uh, to try to replicate uh, or imitate? You know, what kind of example is that? Um, Anyway, an example that just puts the United States in the uh, the garbage heap of, of typical tyrannical regimes. That's that's all it is. Is that's an example right there? You know, um, while I, I will I will acknowledge there may be some some uh, problems with with TikTok and probably the Chinese doing some spying here in the United States. The involvement of the U.S. federal government is very concerning. And Jason said it was bipartisan. Frankly, <coughs> it is probably more of a push from the right, mm -hmm. the Republicans, to ban TikTok. <clears throat> but when the federal government started to get involved in these things in terms of speech and in terms of expression, you always have to be careful. I mean, we already know we have the Twitter files and we know what the government was doing, the FBI in particular, was doing with with social media. 
But we don't know the full story because we only know about Twitter. We don't know about some of the other social media, what they were doing. Now we are going to expand their powers. Now, now there's an attempt to expand their powers to allow them to ban certain platforms here in the United States. The one in the case in point here is TikTok. This is truly concerning because true, you might argue, well, you know, the Chinese might be spying on us, blah, 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 and seeing some of the stuff or that our kids putting on 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 TikTok. I don't, I have never used TikTok, so I don't really even know know much about it. But but this is the government and speech, and I don't want them involved in that. I really don't. I will. I don't want them in regulating speech. I really don't. Are there maybe there's something we can do in terms of finding some other way to deal with the the supposed national security threat? I don't know if there really is one, but there are a lot of people who have suggested that there is. So maybe it's something that needs to be looked into. But I don't want the government involved in the regulation of speech here in the United States. It's a dangerous precedent. And I was very glad to see Rand Paul stopping this fast track, like you said, using your words, Jason, stopping this fast track to, to them, to the expansion of, of government power to regulate speech. I was really glad to see it. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things, too, that gets me about all this is that <clears throat> why on earth, if if we really think that the danger is is that TikTok is is being used by the government, Chinese government to gather information about everyday people, I guess, and. And the idea that maybe they're sending misinformation, that's the other big, you know, alarm bell that, you know, they, they don't want them to be able to flood us with misinformation. Well, you know, I, I think you just said it. You don't bother to use TikTok. I don't use TikTok because I've, I've heard some of these claims about it. Well, so we could choose not to use TikTok, right? I mean, we don't exactly. need to have the government to force us not to use it. And the idea that we have so little faith in our people that they won't make the right decisions if, if you know, informed, then it really says something either, either one, it's a problem that we don't have faith in our own people, or two, if they really aren't that sharp, what the hell? I mean, we, we put them through 13 years of government education and you're telling us that's not enough to say, TikTok bad, <laughs> you know. I mean, you can't get that message across, you know. I mean, on, on some of these things, you can't just, yeah, you know, the idea that you have to go ban things afterwards and people, you know, don't have enough, you know, it really begs the question: What the hell are people learning if they can't even figure out basic things like mm. TikTok bad? <laughs> so, I don't know, but it's just. Ah. It should it should tell you it should tell you something about our our, um, our education system because people people apparently we we can no longer do any sort of critical thinking because our public education system just like you say is so damn bad that we can't figure things out for ourselves so the government has to tell us and in that sense it empowers them since we cannot deal we, we cannot understand. Um, what is misinformation and what is disinformation? We cannot discern these things. So the government have to tell us what we should or should not believe, what we what social media platforms we should or should not use, and to what extent we should use it. So this is where the the government regulating speech, that the expansion of that power is where it becomes so troubling in all of this. And I want them to stay out of this, okay? If there's really a national security threat of, uh, of um, 
of the use of TikTok. Let them investigate it. Let them find out what what that threat is and deal with the threat. But I don't I don't I don't want them banning TikTok just because they think it's a bad thing. I don't want to regulate in speech. Period. Well, we it looks like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tim. Well, I was just going to say if they're going to be in, but Leon's uh, uh, suggestion that they find out the extent of the spying by China on us through uh, TikTok. Uh, if they're going to be doing that, then at the same time, why don't they also look and see what the extent of the spying done by the United States on its own citizens through all these various social media platforms that we have been knowing about since Snowden. That's how long it's been. And, you know, <laughs> what, no, that's what's responsible regulation, not spying, Tim. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, quit quit yeah. spreading misinformation here. <laughs> I know it's so it's so easy it just rolls right off the tongue. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean really. Um, but China's spying, China, definitely spying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But so is so is the U.S. You know. And, no, 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 that, that's just responsible regulation, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but you know that, but 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 that's 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 a valid point, you know, because because right now there's um. There's a hearing, a hearing going on uh, in, um, <coughs> in, um, in 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 DC, Washington DC, about the weaponization of of, um, of the government. And you know, a funny thing happened while um, Matt Talibi was testifying, while he was testifying in front of that very same committee about the weaponization of of, of 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 the federal government. You know, an IRS agent went to his home. An IRS agent went to his home. Hmm. Now talk about potential intimidation here. So this point about looking about surveillance and spying by the federal government on American citizens is a valid one. And it's something that we should take just as seriously. So Tim, that's a good point you're making there. And I mean, if we're going to look into, into the Chinese spying on, on us through TikTok, yeah, fine. Let's look at all of the spying and the censorship that have been going on by the federal government um, through, through, through these social media platforms. I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, let's, now, let's come on, let's, Leon. Let's the, the IRS just wanted to make sure Taibi wasn't spreading misinformation. Right? I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, these are these are the good guys, and they're yeah. here to help, right? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, this has got me good and triggered, and this Uh-oh. brings us kind of to a a really sort of tough story this last week, and that was what happened in Nashville. Uh, there was a school shooting at a, uh, I believe it was at a. Uh, um, Presbyterian school, I believe it was uh, there, and um, a uh, a person who kind of had some identity issues, I guess they were uh, a a trans person, came in and they shot six people to death in that school, three of them, nine-year-olds. In fact, maybe, James, we could get the visual up here. Uh, these were the three victims. So you can see here uh, the the woman who ran the school. I believe this guy was a janitor at the school. I um, and then we have three of the children, uh, you know, who were shot dead at the school as well. Um, but uh, Tim wanted to share with us the aspects of, of at least how this was a good guy with gun story too. And then we're going to jump into just a little more about the story as well. Some of the issues in the media with the story. So uh, Tim, uh, uh, how did you want to? Yeah. 
company. Yeah, I was just going to ad lib. Uh, the, so we, we linked a video of a of a guy I've been watching for quite a while that uh, analyzed this uh, from uh, two issues: uh, the morality issue and the tactical issue. So what we saw in Olvade was uh, basically people not caring uh, seemingly about the morality issue of losing children every second that goes by potentially. So in the, this case, fortunately, the police, uh, they are good guys in, in this, a little departure from a normal good guy who is just a normal citizen or a police officer off duty. But these uh, police officers um, rushed to the scene and rushed toward the danger and and finished this um this uh, bad situation in about three minutes uh, after they got there. So it was, it took them a while to get there. And, and so this is where the majority of the loss of life occurred. And then um, they, once they got there, they did a really good um, uh, tactical from the tactical aspect, but they didn't do everything by the book. They, they were moving too fast to, uh, to end the, um, this assault on these on these children and and adults and so um well, tim, they, tim they i believe that the response that. time from the whole thing it took them yeah. about uh, under 20 minutes to get to the shooter yeah. from when they were called i think so it's really yes. amazing yeah. Compared once, to what, yeah to olvade <laughs> uh yeah exactly and and so of course that's what everybody a lot of people will be doing is comparing contrasting this and um because the the morality of the situation is that you have to you know maybe you're not going to be tactically perfect but you're going to have to move fast and get to the uh source of the of the gunfire and put it down and stop it so that there's no more a uh, loss of life and and so th this is what they did they took that high road and um even though they still did a fair, really good job in my opinion not that i know much but uh of, of the tactical aspect, but uh, those guys um, got it done in three minutes. So, so you got it, you know, and they went upstairs to do it. So it was on the second floor. So anyway, that's, um, that's what this is all about. And then finally, his final point is uh, that because they had to wait that uh, what was the 18, so approximately 15 minutes for the police to, once they were called to actually get there, fairly typical response time. You know, the, the admonition of, of this uh, fellow in the video, the host, was that, uh, you know, you, you're going to have to make a decision. And we don't know or we're, we're not willing to even discuss, honestly, uh, the real reasons societal and cultural why these kinds of things are increasingly happening in, in the United States. Uh, but but it ain't the guns. Uh, the guns are s way harder to get a hold of today than they were when I was growing up, I'll guarantee that. And so um, it's it's not that. What it, There's some breakdown in society where people have a, a, a reason to do this kind of thing. And so his admonition was, hey, if you're a teacher, if you're a janitor, and you wanna carry uh, a firearm for protection, um, and you're in a gun-free zone, just, just do it anyway, essentially. Hmm. It's up to you, it's up to you, you know. Uh, <laughs> whether you want to do it because hey if you can conceal it good enough maybe you'll be the one that saves yourself and all these all these uh, children from any future uh, shooting because it's obvious that 
we're going to continue to have shootings and we're not going to go to the root cause of what's going on in society that's causing them you know in the left i know they just think oh we just got to get rid of guns and then there'll be nirvana there won't be any murder as if murder never occurred prior to the invention of firearms you know, so here well, we are. And what's, what's sad is that, you know, it, it, best case scenario, and this is about as fast as it could be, somebody had been armed at the school, maybe, you mm, know, that, that might have been idea. the difference. Yeah. Yeah, it might have so, been the difference. And it may yeah. not have ever even made the news, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and, and quite frankly, knows? too, those shots, you can hear them in the video, and, and you can find this video all over the place online. And yeah. the police are already in the building when the shots go off. So, yeah. and I, I believe that's when the people were killed because there was the, the police were going through, and then you hear some shots, and you see the police hustling there. I, I think that the shots had already, you know, that the police had already made it to the building by the time they, the, they were the started. They were stepping over. Uh, people laying down or oh, kids. Okay. Uh, oh, they, they were stepping already. over no. them, and they were okay. yeah. They they sh it's okay. real quick, but he he stops it and points it out. But you, you can they they covered it up with the with okay. the little square things that moving around so that you couldn't see the actual uh, person. But uh, they, they they were moving around um, casualties and uh, during during their operation. So it it had already happened, and they were that's. <clears throat> That's why they were moving so fast, is to put an end to it as soon as possible. Again, unlike Olvade, where they just sat around and yeah. sat on the Hearing it all and not doing anything. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all waiting for uh, one chief to talk to another chief no, to talk right. to another chief right. and, and get the political right. go-ahead that everything was okay. And this was for more than an hour they did this, you know, they sat outside. Yeah. yeah. And. Yeah. And so, so understand that from libertarians, we are uh, people that believe in the free market, you know, the, the millions of people making decisions economically for their own benefit. Um, and we're uh, the opposite of the top-down central planners. So the top-down central planners are what we're, who were running the show in Uvade, and the, the people that could have done something about it were standing around waiting for them. So this, this is a just an a warning from me, I guess, uh, don't wait on the top-down central planners, okay? Just do it, you know, just make free market choices. And if that includes, you know, defending yourself, that's a free market choice if you're free. If you're not free, you know, if they ban guns, nobody can have a gun, and then you're no longer free to make that choice. Well, it will not, the whole, the whole issue is, Tim, they will not, they, it, it will not be that nobody will have I will have um will have a gun. Yeah. The criminal element only yes. will have guns. Right. Correct. Well, yeah, you are but correct. Th there. Th there will always be crazy people out there. And of, of course, this is part of the problem. You talked about what's the real cause. Well, clearly there was a mental illness issue going on mm -hmm. here, probably. And, well, and it's if the the um the mental health industry is is constantly trying trying to remind people that in these kinds of shooting, it's it's rarely somebody with a mental health issue. Other than the, yeah, I know that's that's oh, yeah, killing a bunch of people is a mental health issue, but not every time. I mean, it's it's actually very very rarely where they have a clinically diagnosed mental health issue. They have sure. all these other other things around it that we call mental health, but I, that's the only thing I yeah. I would caution you on uh, is is thinking that these people are all clinically crazy. They're not. They're just. 
they're, they're reacting. And in many cases, most of them are on um, uh, psychotropic uh, drugs like Ritalin and others that, that caused them to do that. That's not mental illness. That's, yeah. that's drug-induced um, yeah. behavior. But th this brings up the question, though, of how this was was framed and how we are seeing mental illness, because in the, in this particular case, and uh, Jane, maybe we could get the visual up on this. <clears throat> so th there became kind of a media hot potato of, you know, it's funny when when it's a uh, white male shooter, uh, boy, they don't have any 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 problems ascribing it to uh, white supremacy right off the bat before they have any details. They don't, but, they don't mind telling us about you evil white guys. We know. We know. Exactly. Yeah. It's all back to the sin of skin and, you know, the you know, lack of melanin. Right? You know, no matter what, that's where it goes to. But if it's anybody else, then suddenly the media gets very cautious about how they handle it. They don't want to make any assumptions. In fact, they even want to hide, you know, the details about who the shooter is because it kind of messes with their narratives. And in this case, it was it was a trans person. And uh, apparently it was a person who went to that school and they, the person was 28 years old. And they, you know, apparently were having issues with their identity and the fact that they had gone to this school in the past. So they targeted this school. They went there. It wasn't just a random school. Uh, it was something that they had targeted. And it was because of the religious affiliation and to do with the trans issue itself. And, you know, at some point you, you kind of have to think, well, you know, how much of this is mental illness and, and not, but regardless, it, it's funny how the media uh, just jumped around. Like even in CBS apparently had a, uh, was uh, this is a report from Fox News, was telling its staff not to use the term transgender. So, you know, like I said, you know, if it's a white person, a white male shot up a white supremacy, but if it's, no, no, don't say anything about the identities we like on our channel. <laughs> Yeah, right. so, yeah. so, yeah, anything for the narrative. But um, and then, uh, James, this was the uh, most craziest thing of all in the White House in the in the shadow of this event was uh, and maybe we could get the video up here where they were identifying with the killer and not the victims, which is yeah. the craziest part of all. Can we get the video on this to one? Be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful. It is disturbing. And uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those the trans community as they are under attack right now. But so the, the trans community is under attack. <laughs> it's yeah. not. They, they're not talking. About, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was literally a Christian church that was uh, attacked. And they, you know, it, you know, it's possible out there somewhere they said, "Hey, we feel for the families." But the idea that there was literally a, a community that was targeted because of their religion, not because of what any individual there, you know, uh, uh, that they knew that they harbored some ill will. It was literally just because of their religious identification. And so they attacked mm -hmm. that school. And, I, you know, it's uh, it's beyond the pale of how they danced around this. And even crazier um, in uh, Arizona, this uh, person who worked for Katie Hobbs, the woman who uh, recently became Democrat governor there, uh, she literally put out a meme in the in the aftermath of this that uh, shows uh, a picture of a woman holding a gun and saying us when we see transphobes. So, mm -hmm. you know, of course, and that's what they're calling the people at the church is transphobes. So, I, you know, it's like, do these you know, what the heck is going on here? You guys have any thoughts on this? This is this is sickness gone. 
sickness on steroids, okay? Insanity on steroids. This is what's going on here. Because, you know, in too many aspects of our society, we are seeing them trying to normalize clear mental problems, okay? Now, I'm not whatever, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm cognizant of, of Tim's caution, okay? But we are seeing too many of our societies that we are ignoring mental problems and trying to make it into, into something normal. Now, let's, let's, let's take a step back here. Look at the news when they're talking about homelessness, okay? Homelessness have to do with mental disease, have to do with drugs, have to do with alcohol, but all they talk about is a homeless crisis. And you know what we have to do about that? We have to give people homes, as if that's going to solve the problem. It will not. It never will, because you're not dealing with the root cause. In this case here, we have someone who, who apparently was taking some sort, some sort of drug to deal with some mental issue the person have. They also had the delusion of, of um, created by her, his or her gender dysphoria. Because, fine, gender dysphoria is real, okay? It is real. Nobody's claiming it is not. It is real. People do struggle with this thing. I understand that. What I have a problem with is the prescribed treatments. That all of a sudden, a man can become a woman and a woman can become a man if we just cut out certain healthy body parts. Come on. This is insane. So this kind of delusion is infecting various parts of our society. And then we see tragic events like this that we saw in, um, in, in, um, um, in Nashville. In Nashville. And then we have the White House. We have people in the White House like this, Kareem Jean-Pierre, whatever the hell her name is, talking about how the trans community is under attack. We just saw the death of six of our fellow citizens, six of them, who did nothing to this person. Six people, okay? Three of them are little kids. And the only thing the White House and this Korean John Pierre, the sickness of this woman could come up with is to tell us that the trans community is under attack. What about the little kids who died? What about the little kids who was laying on the floor in that school, who went to school that morning, happy to see their friends and their teachers and everything else that they get from that school? What about those little kids? And before the day was out, they were on the ground bleeding to death. What about those, those people? Are those people under attack too? But no, the trans community is under attack. These are the delusions that's going on in our society that is infecting too many sectors of our society and causing us some serious problems if we don't do something about it, really and truly. Yeah. Um, I guess the only thing I would add to that uh, is that, you know, and not be an expert on mental health issues and, and the specifics of, uh, of people, you know, whatever, the dysphoria, what would you uh, call Gender that? Gender dysphoria. You know? Gender dys dysphoria. Um, I'm not an expert on that, but uh, uh, I'm not an expert on much of anything, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> the the, um, the the thought is is that um, something is going on to cause this kind of uh, behavior, uh, whether it's it's a somebody has these issues with their their gender or whatever being bullied and uh and you know feeling the 
effects of depression and you know so why is all this stuff going on and why have we lost the connection that people used to have with society uh with their with their uh family and all this other stuff you know there, there's a lot of things going on here and i really wish that the focus would be that direction but the from the democratic party all the focus is on is on you know <laughs> not not the people that did it not them but everybody else the gun yes. owners the nra yes. the, you know the this the that but everything except the person that that did it themselves and what what caused them to do what they did so so uh you know if this has anything to do with the struggles that this person was having with their gender or the, the reaction of drugs that that were being utilized to to you know help calm their depression or whatever else whatever else it may have been hormones to to make the jump from one sex to the other or whatever you know let's, let's look into that what, what's wrong with that mm -hmm. where the because the focus now is on the person that did something that was horribly tragic as Leanne so artfully put and so that's for me the the focus that i would like to see moving forward on all these all these cases regardless of who perpetrated them right. and you know what the, what the underlying thing was is is to explore that avenue and and but you know the democrats got to take the easy way because everybody that's a democrat hates guns and wants well not everybody but um you know and and just no wait they love oh never mind you've heard that they love guns just the government guns just as long as the government has guns they love those guns they just don't love my guns and your guns and everybody else that is a private citizen and not trained to be you know the expert like the police are no they're not they're not but anyway well, Although know, these funny. guys did a good job. These yeah. guys were really did. well trained. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, it's funny too, you know, you talk about the, the you got to talk about the idea that the, the, the trans community feeling like they're under attack when it's funny. It's, it's just this terrible framing by the media because what we're literally seeing the debate is it's not about whether a person who's an adult is free to become follow their trans identity wherever that may be we're talking that the real fight in legislation is about children and yeah. the idea that that means the trans community is under attack if we're having a debate yeah. about whether or not yeah. parents should have a role in making that decision for a child i mean yeah. this, this is lunacy where we're we're, yeah. we're in clown world at yeah this point. that you know so, I, I was i wanted to make that point myself but you did a better job than i would have yeah. Well, and, you know, and, I, and the, the 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 debate also, Jason. You're right about the kids in particular, and, and that's true. That 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 that's a major part of the debate of whether parents should be making making those choices. But there's a secondary debate here that is also ongoing that's aligned with this. Even with adults, the question is: is it is it appropriate to be treating a psychological disorder, which is what gender dysphoria is? It is a psychological disorder. Is it appropriate? to be treating a psychological disorder through physiological means, like cutting off healthy body parts. That debate is going on even with adults. But I mean, we, I can, I, I'm not here to suggest that we should stop people, adults I'm talking about. We, I don't think we should stop people if they wish to change it, I claim they can change their identity and do it. That's fine. I'm a, I, I, I'm, I, I believe in liberty. You can do that if you wish as an adult. But I totally agree with you. That the majority of the debate is with with um with with, with concerning uh, little kids, 
which which I am totally against. Okay, I'm totally against that. But there is that secondary debate about the psychological disorder versus the physiological treatments that are prescribed. Well, you know, we've gone way over time, and uh, and we, we had something else for a Knucklehead Noise Patrol, but, you know, I think for this one, we'll just chalk it up to what Corrine Jean-Pierre said from the White House, which is, you know, that the trans community is under attack in their hearts yes. with them, and that's that's our Knucklehead Noise Patrol then for this week. Okay. Uh, and next week, though, uh, we, we have uh, People for Liberty coming up, so, and I uh, hopefully we'll have Joe Jorgensen here joining us for that one, so we, we look to interview her. Um, and uh, you can check out a recent interview we just did uh, with Goldwater Institute. Uh, uh, Joe uh, Setian uh, was on, so um, he told us a little bit about that. So you can go check that out as well. Um, but uh, thanks for joining us. And until the next one, stay tuned and stay free. Yes, indeed. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, always and forever. Thank you for listening to the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Find us on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.